you for choosing iChurch Sermon Podcast. We invite you to get ready, get ready, get ready for what God has to say to you today. All right, sweet. We're going to have the verses there because we're just trying to get used to our new screens. Eh, eh, y'all like them? I like them. They're really We're trying to get used to them. Um, so we're going to start with this screen today. But what you believe in your life to be will, be, will have a hold on you even if it is not. There are no sharks in, in, in your backyard pool. But sometimes your kids is going to get stuck in your head. He believes that there's sharks. So even though that there are no sharks, he's going to have a hold on him enjoying the pool. And the same thing happens with our life. And the devil, what he tries to do, he tries to get sin so engraved in our minds that we walk around it. And until you say, God, I'm sorry, until you say, Lord, I am sorry, and until you get the sin off your chest and you verbalize an apology for God, not because God needs it because he already forgave us, but because you need it, you're always going to be carrying around that sin. And that was right before the priest would um, go to remove the veil. And so today we start with a t- third part. Say with me, three. And here's where I want to focus, all right? But before we start, I want to repeat again. There are, there are two types of people. There is and there is normal and weird people. We've been in a series called Weirded Up. In student ministries, okay, if you're a young person, if you're, if you're in college or seventh grade up, you guys have to go to student ministries. Student ministries is amazing, all right? And you guys, baboom, baboom, student ministries is legit. And so today there's going to be a lot of relevance with Weirded Up. So if you've been going to student ministries, this is going to make a lot of sense to you. If not, I'm going to try for it to make sense to you, all right? But I want to go back to Moses, all right? And I want to focus on Exodus chapter 33, verse 14 to 15, all right? Remove, we're talking about remove the veil. And look at what it says. It says, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you what? I will give you what? Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Now, if you have not paid attention to the story, if you haven't been here, Moses is in a tent and he's having a dialogue with God. And he's asked God a bunch of times, God, I want you to go with us. And God answers multiple times, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. It's like, Moses. Shut up. I know. I'm going with you, man. And God is like, Moses, I am. I am going with you. You asked me to go with you, and I'm going to go with you. And Moses said again, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Moses, persistency, man. But he keeps speaking to this God. And what I started thinking about is when a man like Moses, all right, if you don't know Moses, then I, you got you to gotta sit down with me. This guy's legit. When a man like Moses in the Bible, the guy that God used to divide the Red Sea, repeats himself over and over and over, it's not because he's an idiot. It's because there's got to be something big. Amen? It's because, come on, I want you to interact with me. I want you to help me preach. It's because there's got to be something big. Ba-boom. There's got to be something big behind it. But what we can definitely see without any theological experience or without being so smart or not, he wants God's presence. Come on, let me repeat that. He wants God's presence. That's what it is. He wants, with all of his heart and his soul, he wants God's presence. He wants it bad. He keeps repeating. So we keep reading to see what, why he wants it so bad. He must have known or understood something that we don't know or understand. So we go to verse 16, and he poses two questions. We're going to read the first question. I'll break it down to you, and then the second question real quick. Today's sermon is going to be short because I want us to have some worship time at the end. Exodus chapter 33, verse 16. He says, how will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? So again, Moses says, God, short version, God, go with us. And God goes like, okay, I'll go with you. He's like, God, but please go with us. Okay, I'll go with you. So God, go with us. I'll go with you. (laughs) 
okay, God, go with us, but hold up. Because how will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? How's anybody going to know that you're pleased with me? What this presents, he is presenting that things change. Everything is different when God is involved. Listen to me. Everything in di is different when God is involved. And that's what Moses is saying right here. He's saying, go with me, because if you're not with me, things are not going to be different, and people are not going to know that you're with me. When you're present, things are different. And I want to go to a piece of the Bible that I read to student ministries in Luke chapter 5, from verse 2 to 5. This is, uh, P Jesus is talking to multitudes, and everybody's there, and then all of a sudden, he goes, and here's where we're at. He saw at the water's edge two boats. How many boats? Left there by the fishermen. So there was a lot of people with the boat. Nobody. There was two boats. There was nobody with the boats. They were left by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats. Look at Jesus. Jesus is crazy. He gets into one of the boats, all right, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Creativity right there. Creativity. <laughs> Creativity. He's like, I ain't got no mic. I ain't got nothing. But there's a lot of people want to see me. Let's get in that boat so people can see me good. He gets in the boat and he starts teaching from Simon's boat, okay? When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, which, which you know, probably know as Peter, he said to Simon, put out into deep water. So they had already gone a little bit from the shore. And what is Jesus asking? Go deeper. Go, we have a program. No, no. <laughs> go deeper. You got to go deeper into the water. And when you go deeper into the water, he said, put out into deeper water, and let down the nets that you had already cleaned, by the way, put them back in the water for a catch so you can get some fish. And look at Simon's answer. Look at Peter's answer. Oh, Peter. He says, Master, we've been working hard all freaking night. Okay, I added freaking, by the way, just in case. I told you, Mom. <laughs> no, I added that. Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. He's like, God... I tried. I went out there and threw the fish, through the net, not only one time, all freaking night. And I couldn't catch anything. I couldn't do it. I'm going to present you guys to a little friend of mine. This is Adolfo Cervantes, Adolfito Cervantes Rodriguez Parker Reese, okay? He's Hispanic. Don't hate, okay? Adolfito Cervantes Rodriguez Parker Reese. This has got to be, this is my, my puppy, all right? I got him for my wife for Christmas. Um, and this has got to be the most hyper dog in the universe. He is like that all the time. <laughs> He's just like all the time, moving, 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 moving. And I want you to check something out, all right? Try to get your eyes out of that cuteness, put it in this cuteness. <laughs> if I tell you, all right, say hello to Adolfito. Hello, Adolfito. None of the Americans attempted to say that word. <laughs> Hello, Adolfito. <laughs> Hello, Adolfito. Say it one more time real loud. Hello, Adolfito. <laughs> I have him right here. Bring him out. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> if, I have, if I tell you, the other, <laughs> all the girls are like, yeah. If I tell you, the guys tried acting cool, but you know you wanted to see him too. I have Adolfito right here. If I tell you that Adolfito came up to me and he tried to drive himself to the park, but it didn't work. If I tell you Adolfito came up to me, he's like, yo, Jose, I tried driving. I took your Jeep. I tried going to the park, but it did not work. If Adolfito comes up to me and he says that and it didn't work, why didn't it not work? 
Why? It's okay, that ain't. We're going deep. Ultimately, ultimately, okay? Don't go into his physical. <laughs> ultimately, why can't the dog drive? Because he's a dog, right? Say with me, he's a dog. He can't drive. Dogs don't drive on their own. He can't do it unless he does it with who? Unless I take him to the park, right? Don't tell God what you did and didn't work. Of course it didn't work. You're a dog too. <laughs> I'm a dog. Yeah, you're a dog too. You're trying, you're trying and living a life, trying to do things that on your own, it is impossible. But you keep fighting it. And it's not only that you fight it, it's that you try to create your own miracles. Is it up? You try to create a good marriage. You try to hear your mom, to hear your dad on your own strength, on your own perspective. And it does not work because you cannot do it on your own. It does not work like that. But the funny part is that after you attempt to do it, you come back and say, God, no, I already tried that. I already tried marriage without you and it didn't work. Mm. I, already, I already tried. I, I already tried uh, uh, being a good dad without you. It didn't work. I already tried have, fixing my finances. I already tried losing weight. I already tried breaking that addiction. It just doesn't work. But because your church and Josue is asking me to do it again, I'm going to do it again. But I already tried. My brother, don't tell God what you, what you tried before and it didn't work. If he tells you to do it, it's because he's going to back you up. Because there's something that people don't take into consideration. God's power is not, and, and, I, and I have a typo right here. God's power is not dependent. It's not independent. I'm sorry, yeah. It's not independent from God's involvement, okay? God's power is not independent from God's involvement. You can't expect God to heal your family. You can't expect God to heal your marriage, but tell him, God, don't get involved. It doesn't work like that. God's involvement brings God's power. It includes it. When you have God's presence, you have God's power. When you don't have God's presence, you do not have God's power. So don't try to receive a miracle, but say, God, stay out. He'll bring his power, baby. He'll bring his power. When he wants you, he'll bring his power with him. It comes with him. So in Luke chapter 5, look at what happens. Look at what happens. In Luke chapter 5, verse 6, when they had done so, they went, okay? Peter goes like, okay, I'll try it. I'll try it. I'll try it with you this time. I tried it before and it didn't work without you, but this time I'll try it with you. He gets in the boat. He goes deep into water. He throws the net. And for those of you that know the story, Nemo happened right here. <laughs> right? Student ministries, Nemo happened right here. They caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. They're like, what the heck is that to do with Nemo? You have no child. Remember when they pick up all the fish and they're about to die? And Nemo goes like, push, push. And like, push. And they start pushing and they break the nets. That's what happened right here. All the fish start pushing towards the same direction, and the net's about to break. That's how many fish it was. A, a net that was created to build fish was about to break because God had brought his power when he got in the boat. God had brought his power when he got in the boat. And if God's in the boat, I promise you, you're going to be fishing. I promise you, you're going to be fishing. There's no way out of it. There's no way out of it. You will be fishing. It comes with it. It comes with it. When God is present, his presence will be with you. And you will see miracles happen. It comes with it. The pastor wrote this on the notes. because this is The pastor create. God gives them to the pastor. And then he gives them to me. And I base off of this. And pastor gave them. And he, he quoted something. And I want to quote him back. 
His presence is a supernatural platform for you to access his power and succeed. His presence, the presence of God, is a supernatural platform. And when you step into that platform, you have direct access to God's power, and that power will get you to succeed. Today, when you came into church, you stepped into that platform because God's presence was freaking here, and ain't nobody that can tell me contrary. God was here. And the minute that you walked into those doors, you stepped into the platform, and you had access to God's power, and that is going to cause you to succeed. Moses knew that. That's why he asked a second time. Moses asked him again because he knows if God's presence is with us, God's power is with us. It come, it's included. In Exodus chapter 33, look at the second question. Verse 16. What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? What else is going to distinguish me and your people from all the other? So first he tells them, uh, uh, if you, how are people going to know that you're pleased with me if you're not with us? Okay? People are going to know that God is with you because you're catching fish. His presence brings his power. And then the second question, he goes like, how are we going to be distinguished? How are we going to be different? If God is not with us, we are normal. If God is with us, we are weird. It's just the way it works. It's just the way it works. I'm not weird. Are you with God? Are you with God? We're the weirdos in the house. Weirded Up is a series that we've been doing in student ministry that God gave me. I want to give you a, a brief information about that. And it's how the life of a Christian should look. It should look weird. It needs to look weird. The actual definition of weird means involving or suggesting the supernatural, fantastic, bizarre. The, the actual definition of weird is involving or suggesting supernatural. So when you walk into these doors and you're like, that church is weird, heck yeah, because God is in here. And he's supernatural. He's out of this world. He's out of this world. That's why I'm so weird, all right? <laughs> and then look at what happens in Luke chapter 5, verse 10. Look at, look at, look at, I'll prove you that it's weird. And Jesus said to Simon, they're in the boat, they catch a bunch of fish, and then Simon is freaking out. If you read before, Simon is freaking out, and Simon is like, get out of here. You're too powerful for me, whatever. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. Don't freak out. From now on, you will catch men. <laughs> now, that's weird. Straight up. They're like, how about homosexuality? No. <laughs> that's not what he meant. That's not what he meant. Jesus said, from now on, you're not going to be catching fish. A fisherman's not going to be catching fish. You're going to be catching men. <laughs> that, that, that's how some of you imagine it. That's not how Jesus said it. It sounds weird, doesn't it? For all the guys in the room, if I tell you, Evan, you used to play just to play the guitar. Now you play to get men. <laughs> that would be so weird. Well, what Jesus was telling him, you're going to be weird because you're not going to be doing normal stuff. You're going to be doing weird stuff, which means you're going to be doing supernatural things. What Jesus is saying is that when you decide to follow me, when you decide to come behind me, when you decide to stick with me, my presence brings power. And my power brings distinguishing you from everybody else because you no longer live a life of mediocre. You're, you no longer live a life without meaning. You live a life with meaning. You no longer fish fish just for you. Now you go and you minister lives. Now you go and you make a difference. When God is present, you're not normal because you don't do normal stuff. You're weird because you do weird stuff. You can keep badly fishing fish. 
where you can greatly fish men and do something with your life. Do you hear me? You can keep badly fishing fish, or you can greatly fish men and do something with your life. One or both. One or both. Not both. One or both. Either you're normal or you're weird. But I think a lot of us are tired of living a normal life. Amen? I think a lot of us are tired of living a normal life. Baum? Look at what 2 Corinthians say, and I want to skip here. Look at it again. It, it's not only weird, it sounds weird. Nobody would say this nowadays. Paul is weird. This guy's crazy. 2 Corinthians 12, 10. I delight in weaknesses. Because <laughs> I'm happy with weaknesses. In insults. And people come and tell me I suck. <laughs> yes. In hardship. In persecutions. When people are following me to kill me, I'm happy. I delight in it. In difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. That is weird. I delight whenever I'm crying in my bed, my, in my bed to sleep. I am happy because somebody's looking for me to kill me. I am happy because my mom doesn't get me. I'm happy because my dad doesn't get me. I'm happy because I experience rejection. I'm happy because I experience insults. I'm happy because I am weak and I'm not able to do everything that I'm able to do. That's weird. But when you read a couple of verses before... In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, from 9 to 10, but he said to me, God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. I am going to boast on my weakness, because when I boast on my weakness, his power and his presence come down and make me strong, and everybody else around knows that God is definitely strong. That is why, here's the good part, that is why, music team, come up, that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weakness. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weakness in my insults, in my hardship, in persecution, in difficulties, because whenever I feel like I can't do it no more, because whenever I've tried everything and I can't get it to work, whenever I've tried to save my marriage and I can't get it to work, whenever I've tried to fix my finances and I cannot get it to work because I am weak and I suck, that is when God walks in and fixes it for me because his presence will bring his power. And if he's in my life, I'm not going to have to live a life of hardship and insults. When you stick with Jesus, because of his presence, you will have access to his power and you will do what others don't. When you stick with Jesus, you will have a healthy marriage. When you stick with Jesus, you will have good finances. When you stick to Jesus, you will have a purpose. You will have a high self-esteem. You will have joy in troubles. You will be a pure young lady you want to be and you will be the clean cut guy you want to be. You will be the best dad and you will be the best mom because there is no way, no way in earth, no way possible that Jesus can be in your life and not have his power with him. There is no way possible that Jesus could be in your life and not bring his power with him. That's the power that comes with the presence of God. The power that comes with the presence of God is a power that heals. It's a power that breaks. It's a power that restores. It's a power that looks better and higher than any other people can look. That is the power of God. I know you lost me. I know you lost me. Hold on. Hold on for a second. Hold on for a second. Look at what happens in, in Exodus 33 verse 17. Look, look at this. Check this out. Exodus 33 verse 17. After he asked those two questions and the Lord said to Moses, 
I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. The Lord knew that Moses had stepped into the platform of his presence and had direct access to God's power. And that power was going to cause him to succeed and see supernatural things. Moses is in the platform. You are in the platform right now with the ability to ask for anything and the one that can do anything will do it. With the ability to ask for anything and the one that can do anything will do it because you have invoked his presence and his presence is here. Moses could have asked for anything in the world. Moses could have asked for anything in the world. He could have asked to be snapped into, into, into the land. He could have asked for anything because God said, I will do the very thing you have asked. I am here. I am with you. What do you want? And Moses says, show me your glory. Moses says, show me your glory. Pastor said something this morning that I've never seen it like that before. You know what glory is? Glory. Listen, glory. You know what glory is? Glory is what God deserves. You cannot have glory if you cannot do it. You cannot have the glory for something that you did not do. If you go to school and you did not do the paper that you did deep inside of you, you know that that paper ain't yours and you don't deserve that glory because you don't have the capability to do that paper. And because you don't have the capability to do that paper, you cannot have glory. Moses was saying, show me your glory. Moses was saying, show me what you have the ability to do. Show me your power. Show me your presence. Come with me because I know you can do it. I know you can do it. Show it to me. Show it to me. Show it to me. Show it to me. Last night, and I, want, I, need, I know I need to go fast because I'm, I'm over my time. But last night, as I start preparing for the sermon, God tells me straight up, you're going to open, you're going to finish the sermon with a song. But he didn't tell me what song it was. He told me, you're going to finish the sermon with a song. And he didn't tell me what song it was. And I'm freaking out. It's 2 a.m. You can ask my wife. She's sleeping. It's 2 a.m. And I go up to my wife's bed. And I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I touch her in the shoulder. And I'm like, babe, you know any powerful songs? She's like, what are you talking about? Like, God told me I need to end up with a song. But he won't tell me the song. And it's bothering me. Because I can't just disobey God. That's not who I am. That's not what I do. What he says I do. And he told me, end with a song. But he does not give me the song. And then when pastor was preaching, I got it. The song that God wanted us to sing today is the song that declares, God, show me what you can do. And whenever we sing this song, we're declaring, God, open the doors of heaven. God do miracles. Come and break those things that need to be broken. Come and do those things that need to be done. Now you've never heard this song before, probably. You've never heard this song before. This is a new song. But this is a song that says, let the heavens open. 
let the heavens open. Let everything that's up in heaven, let your capability, your power, your presence, your strength, your honesty, your faithfulness, let it open. Let it open. Open it. Open it. Let your kingdom move. Everything that's up in heaven, we want to see it down here. Everything that's up in heaven, we want to see it down here. We want to see people that don't believe in God kneel down and raise their hands and spend 24-7 praising God, praising God. Let your kingdom move, move, move. Let your kingdom move, let your kingdom move, let your kingdom move. Because all of our faith, all the things that we want but we cannot see, all of our hope, all the things that we need and we do not have, they are in our great God. You, I don't know if you've understood this message. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't know if you've understood this message. I don't know if you're lost. I don't know. I don't know if I did a good job or if I did a bad job. I don't know if I did what God wanted me to do. But what I do know I want to have the, the doors of heaven open up. What I do know. If you would like to learn more about iChurch OKA Ministries, please visit our website at www.ichurchoka.com.